My dear respected elders, brothers in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent approximately 124,000 anbiya alayhim wa salatu wa salam to the earth, to the ummah or to the people of Adam alayhi salam, to the children of Adam alayhi salam. The first Prophet being obviously Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and the last Nabi, the last Prophet being Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in order to assist, in order to help and to reinforce the message that the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam brought to their people about the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the everlasting life of the hereafter and the shortness of this world and there is something to come after you have closed your eyes and have left this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam where and when necessary with certain miracles. Mu'ajizat as they are known in Arabic. 
And these miracles Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted as gifts to the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam in order to assist them in their mission to prove the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to prove that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of everything and everything is in the hands and in the possession of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the things itself, the items itself and the qualities of those items also are in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we look at the history of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, you will find that the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam were given miracles which were relevant to their times. For example, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, when the flood came, the people denied the message of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. Quran tells us that Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam gave his people da'wud for 950 years. 950 years he called to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet only 80 to 83 people accepted Islam that's approximately one person every 110 years one person every 110 years recited the kalima and when the punishment of the people of Nuh wasalam, came Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to prove his point to them that you denied the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Quran tells us nur, this water that came we all know about the flood of Nuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't just open the doors of the heavens and ordered rain to fall. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought out water from within the earth. And Quran tells us that even that place that they used to cook, their ovens, their stoves, where they used to light their fires, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered water to gush out of there also. To show them that this is who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and this is who you have been denying. In the time of Musa wasalam, the story of Musa wasalam, is very famous that where he took his miracles to Fir'aun because Fir'aun was such a ruler, was such a king leave alone the corruption that we see in our rulers today Fir'aun used to first say that I am the ruler, I am the king there is no one greater than me, there is no one better than me and then he eventually reached that level where he said that I am Allah, I am God, you should be worshipping me. So Musa wasalam, at that juncture told him that this is enough now. Now you are going beyond any conversation, going beyond any argument by claiming to be Allah. So Firaun told him that if you say your message is one of truth, then show me some proof of this. So Musa wasalam, his staff used to turn into a snake. His hand, when he put his right hand under his left armpit, his hand when he took it out, that right hand used to shine so bright that the people could not look at it. Its light, the light shining out of his hand was such that it was almost the brightness of the sun. So magic was something which was prevalent at the time of Musa wasalam. Allah gave him miracles in accordance with the, with the system and the circumstances and the situation that was prevalent at his time. We find that also when Fir'aun wanted to have a mujadala, he wanted to have a competition, he wanted to show Musa wasalam, that my magicians, my people are better than you. So Fir'aun had schools of magic throughout the land and he sent his ministers, he sent his courtiers to go and collect the best magicians from these schools. And this is when they face Musa wasalam, on that field. And the snake of Musa wasalam, ate up all their snakes. And they fell down prostrate 
accepting the deen of Musa والسلام, when Isa والسلام, was sent to this world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him miracles in accordance with the things and the circumstances and the situation which was prevalent at his time medicine was just something which was advancing at a very fast rate at that time there were discoveries being made researches taking place etc so when Isa والسلام, was asked to produce proof of the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and proof that what he is saying is true he used to tell the people that see this blind person I'm going to cure him with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on some occasions Isa والسلام, took them to a qabr to a grave and he used to tell the, the, the inmates of that grave Qum that come out stand up with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the inmates of the grave used to come out testify to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophethood of Isa والسلام, then go back into their graves Isa والسلام, was given such miracles where he used to fashion a bird like how today you get the children building with sticks and stones or clay or blocks etc Isa out of sand, out of clay he fashioned a bird and when he blew into it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put a ruh into that bird, put a soul into that bird. From sand, it became living flesh, bone and feathers and flew away. So Isa salatu wasalam, at his time and age, medicine was prevalent. Medicine was something which the people were, were interested in. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him such miracles. And then we came, we come to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Our Nabi, our beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The ulama states that if you go through the seerah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, approximately 320 miracles have been counted from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself. And there were many miracles which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam performed. On one occasion, Abu Jahal tells him that if you are a true prophet, then split the moon for us, thinking that he is giving him something impossible to do. Show us how you can split the moon. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the moon split into two halves to the extent that the narrators say that we could see one half of the moon over Mount Safa and the other half of the moon over Mount Marwa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then joined the two halves again. Abu Jahl told him he was such an insolent, such a stubborn person. He told him that you are just merely hoodwinking us. You are causing magic, you are causing our eyes to see things. On another occasion, he wanted, Abu Jahl intended to disgrace Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Jahl is known as the Fir'aun of this ummah. Such was his dushmani, such was his hatred and his enmity for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, a group, was sitting with a group of people around the Kaaba and Abu Jahl goes up to him and tells him that oh Muhammad if you tell me what is in my hand he had his hand behind his back closed first if you tell me what is in my hand I will proclaim and I will testify to your prophethood and the oneness of your God so Jibreel by the order of Allah comes down and informs Nabi that Abu Jahl has three pebbles in his hand three stones in his hand so Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then informs Abu Jahl that you have three pebbles in your hand, you have three stones in your hand. Abu Jahl is now forced to show the people what is in his hand to see whether Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was right or wrong. He takes out his hand from behind his back, he opens his hand. The people see that there are three pebbles that are there in his hand. 
So immediately he's proven wrong. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it one step further. And those three pebbles begin reciting La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. That there is none worthy of worship beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Jahl in disgust throws the pebbles down and he marches away from there. So amongst these 320 miracles that were given to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a question then arises that what is the greatest miracle? What is the best miracle? What is the highest? What is the, the, base, the best and greatest miracle that was given to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And the ulama, after examining all these miracles that were given to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you might think, my dear brothers, that we were not there to witness the trees and the stones talking to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We were not there to witness the barakah coming out from the hands of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where water came out from the fingers of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We were not there to witness the angels descending at the time of Badr and the different battles. We were not there to witness the moon splitting, but the greatest miracle which was prevalent in the time of Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we still have with us today. Ulama explain and tell us that after examining the entire life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the greatest miracle that, that was experienced at the hands of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the revelation of the Qur'an. And this is a miracle that we have with us today also. That very same Qur'an which Allah revealed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that very same Qur'an we have with us today. Umar radiallahu anhu beautifully explains why this was the greatest miracle given to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar radiallahu anhu says that before the revelation of the Qur'an, before the coming of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we were such a people, speaking about the Arabs at that time, we were such a people that we used to marry our own mothers, we used to sell our own mothers, we used to bury our daughters alive. That same Kaaba which we all are dying to go to, we all are dying to visit. People are paying thousands and thousands of rand, and if they don't have the means, they are crying to visit. That same Kaaba Sharif, Umar radiallahu anhu says we used to make tawaf around it without a single thing covering our bodies. Completely naked we used to make tawaf around the Kaaba. We used to fight such battles between two families where those battles used to carry on for generations. In one narration it comes that one battle between two warring tribes continued for 300 years. Over what? Over one camel. Because one camel ate from the garden of another person from two different tribes. They went to war over this and this war carried on for 300 years. So Umar anhu says that this, is, this was the type of people we were before the revelation of the Qur'an to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yet after the Qur'an was revealed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after the Qur'an was revealed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those same people became radiallahu anhum wa radhu'an. That they who are happy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with them. Umar radiallahu anhu says, those same two nations that taught us to be dirt, to be taught us to be filth, they did not think that we were worthy of being conquered. The Roman and the Persian Empire, those same two nations were conquered by us because of the light of Qur'an that was instilled in our hearts by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa This very same Qur'an that we have with us today, my dear respected elders and brothers, this very same Qur'an which was revealed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the very same lessons and message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is contained within this Qur'an. Very briefly, I will narrate you a hadith regarding the breakdown of the Qur'an. Once Ali radiallahu anhu went to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa 
And he tells Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the trials and tribulations are coming upon us very swiftly. So he asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Mal makhraju minha ya Rasulullah? That what is the way of escaping? How can we come out of this? How can we save ourselves? So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells him, Huwal Quran, that the way of saving yourself is to attach yourself to Quran. Number one, recite it. Number two, to take lesson from it and to instill its orders and commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in it into your own lives. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam therefore gives a detailed explanation of what is contained in the Quran. And very briefly we'll go through this. Fihi naba'uma qablakum. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, it is the history of those people, the nations that came before you. Because it is the history of the nations that came before you, you should take lesson that how those nations that were saved, how they progressed, those nations that were destroyed, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them and save yourself from the same punishment. And it is the news of what is happening before you, what is happening amongst you. And it is the command, you should make it the distinguishing factor in your lives, the distinguishing factor whenever you have any disputes. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam further says that it is the history, it shows you the future of what will come ahead of you and the future of every single one of us. A person might look into it and see, and think that what future is contained in the Quran that I can apply in my life. Whether it is to tell us who is going to win the next elections, what is the grand dollar price going to be, where am I going, my next meal going to come from, etc. No, the future that the Quran is indicating that you should be interested in is the future of the Akhirah. That how you can make your Akhirah in this very life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promises for the Akhirah is contained in the Quran. Whether a person is going to go to Jahannam or going to go to Jannah and how he can save himself from Jahannam and enter himself into Jannah and the punishments that he should save himself from in Jahannam and what he should look forward and expect in Jannah. That the Quran is something which is clear. There is nothing con in contained in the Quran which is in vain. Many people today say that this ayah, we should leave it out. That was for the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Times have changed now. We are living in a different age, different era. They didn't have these things. They didn't have cars and cell phones, etc. So why we should act on this ayah? But they're not a single harkat dot or letter which Allah has revealed in vain. That person who leaves out the Quran, either being attached to it, reciting it, or acting on its commands. Qasamahullah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allah will destroy such a person. Whoever seeks hidayat, whoever seeks guidance from anywhere else besides the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it upon himself to misguide such a person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from all types, types of misguidance. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that we instill the Quran in our lives, the lives of our family, the lives of the entire ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in another hadith, Al-Quran hujjatul laka o alayk. That the Quran on the day of Qiyamah will either be a proof for you or against you. Depending on your relationship with the Quran in this world, this is how the Quran will treat you in the hereafter.
Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar ശൈതാന فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله وعمر وأستقوم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة النساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة 
Stretch your sufuf, ensure you are standing shoulder to shoulder. Your cell phones are switched off on silent. Garments above your ankles, inshallah. Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Al-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim Ghayri Al-Maghubi Alayhim Walallallin Allah la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum la ta'khuzuhu sinatun wala nawm lahu ma fi as-samawati wa ma fi al-ard man dhalladhi yashfa'u 'indahu illa bi'idhnih ya'lamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حظهما وهو العلي العظيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Al-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين
ربنا <تصفيق> ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع المتقين مع الإيمان ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من البخل والجبن ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهل الرجال اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من فتنة المحيا والممات ومن فتنة المسيح الدجال اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من أرزل العمر وسوء العمر وفتنة الصدر وعذاب القبر وعذاب الدنيا وعذاب الآخرة إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل من إنك أنت السميع العليم وأرنا مناسكنا وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين آمين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين